Hello, I'm Rob, and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 11th of January 2023. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news. As a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD, simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 we hope you enjoy this week's edition. Reading this week, we have myself Rob, Christine, Angela, Liz, Ian, Helen, Mina, Simon, and of course not forgetting, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition we have Local News of the Black Country, an update from Beacon, the quiz with Mina, the latest football news, featuring a tribute to the late great Pele, and oh no it isn't, oh yes it is, pantomime did you know section, from Flashback Roger. We also have the weather for the week ahead. And to celebrate World Braille Day, we look at how Braille is holding its own nearly 200 years on since its invention. There are also a couple of extra features starting this week, with a new bulletin of practical information and sight loss tips. Local news to start though, with Liz, Christine, Ian, but first, Angela. Low-income households are set to receive new cost-of-living payments from spring. Millions of households on low incomes will receive fresh cost of living support from this spring, according to the Department for Work and Pensions, which has announced further details on the payment schedule. The new £900 cash support for over 8 million eligible means-tested benefit claimants, including people on universal credit, pension credit and tax credits, starts in the spring and will go directly to bank accounts in three payments, the DWP said. There will also be a separate £150 payment for more than 6 million people with disabilities and £300 for over 8 million pensioners on top of their winter fuel payments. Exact payment windows will be announced close to the time the government set, adding that payments will be spread to ensure consistent support throughout the year. They will include a first cost of living payment of £301 made in spring 2023, a £150 disability payment during the summer 2023, a £300 second cost of living payment in autumn 2023, a £300 pensioner payment during winter 2023-24 and a third cost of living payment of £299 made in spring 2024. People are reminded to watch out for scammers sending fake cost-of-living messages attempting to trick people into handing over their personal information. The government have said payments to those who are eligible will generally be automatic, so there will be no need to apply or provide any details. 
claimants who are eligible for any of the cost of living payments and receive tax credits and no other means tested benefits will receive payment from HM Revenue and Customs, HMRC, shortly after DWP payments are issued. Benefits, including working age benefits and the state pension, will also rise in line with inflation from April 2023, ensuring they increase by over 10%. April will also see the biggest ever cash rise to the national living wage, bringing it to £10.42 an hour, the government said. A £400 energy bill discount for households will continue to run through March. You can find out more information about the government's cost of living support and what is available at helpforhouseholds.campaign.gov.uk. But for now, we can hear from Liz, who is able to give us details of further help we may be able to receive from our local Black Country councils. Local authorities in the region have been handed millions of pounds by the government through the Household Support Fund to help those who need it most. The pot of cash is split up in various ways depending on what council bosses decide are the priorities. Most councils have crisis funds which people suffering hardship, such as struggling to afford food or pay their energy bills, can apply to. In Wolverhampton, the council is prioritising residents who are struggling to afford food and energy. Struggling residents can apply for help from the Household Support Fund. Those who are successful will get £25 per adult and £15 per child towards food. Cash grants of £40 for a single adult, £60 for a couple and £15 per child are also available to help pay for gas and electricity. Anyone can apply for support, but the authority says people will be prioritised based on need. To apply, check if you're a tenant at one of the following Wolverhampton Homes, Dovecots, TMO, Bushbury Hill EMB, New Park Village TMC. If you are, contact them first. They're in touch with the scheme and will take the next steps with you. If not, you'll need to apply on the grant approval website. For more information, please visit www.wolverhampton.gov.uk forward slash cost hyphen of hyphen living hyphen support forward slash household hyphen support hyphen fund. People in Dudley who are struggling to pay their rent can apply for discretionary housing payments. They are available only to people who claim housing benefit or universal credit. The council says how much you could receive depends on your circumstances. We review each application but cannot guarantee we will give you a payment. Support for residents who cannot afford their gas and electricity bills is also available through the Dudley Energy Advice Line. Businesses in the region, such as supermarket giant Asda, are also continuing to offer help and support by extending their winter initiatives. Christine can tell us more. Asda is extending its popular Kids Eat for a Pound and Winter Warmers deal for pensioners to the end of March to help more customers manage the cost of living crisis. The supermarket chain, which has sites across the black country, launched the offer for children under 16 to enjoy a hot meal in any of their 205 cafes in June. Over 60s will also be able to continue enjoying hot soup, a roll and unlimited tea and coffee in Asda cafes, ensuring thousands of older customers can benefit from warm space and hot meal during the colder months. 
Since ASDA launched the two initiatives last year, it has served more than 1.2 million meals to youngsters and over 60s from its cafes nationwide. For the first time since the launch, both cafe meal deals are now also available in 28 ASDA living stores across the country. In addition to its support for kids and older people, ASDA has confirmed it will be extending its 10% discount for emergency workers to at least the end of March through its partnership with Blue Light Card. Blue Light Card is a nationally recognised scheme which provides workers in the NHS, emergency services, social care sector and the armed forces with a range of discounts. ASDA has extended its discount for cardholders to acknowledge the amazing work they do each day. Residents in Wolverhampton looking to start 2023 on a healthy note are being asked to take part in the city's biggest ever personal well-being and lifestyle survey. The Council's online city lifestyle survey is aimed at people over 16 and has been launched to help shape future services in the city. People will be asked a series of questions on a number of topics including physical activity, alcohol consumption, access to GPs and vaccinations. More than two dozen local community organisations are helping to promote the survey. A donation of £2 will be given for each one completed and people will be able to select their individual choice of organisation. Councillor Jasbia Jaspal, the Council's Cabinet Member for Public Health and Wellbeing, said this is a large-scale survey that will provide us with reliable and valuable intelligence about the health and well-being of people in Wolverhampton. This will give the Council and other organisations across the city the information they need to make the right decisions for the local population. Each organisation will also receive £300 from the Council for supporting the consultation. All responses are anonymous and the survey is open until Tuesday, January the 31st, 2023. To take part in the survey, visit www.wolverhampton.gov.uk slash lifestyle survey. Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update. Hi everyone and Happy New Year. It's Helen from Beacon and I am back with our first update of 2023. So how are you? I hope that you had the festive break that you wanted and of course we wish you all a very happy and healthy 2023. Now we wanted to start the year with a huge thank you to all our amazing members, staff, volunteers and supporters for helping to make 2022 a fantastic year at Beacon. On our social media channels, we carried a short photo montage video to highlight some of our achievements over the past 12 months. They included some photographs of our amazing members, our retail team and our incredible shop window displays, along with our wonderful supporters taking part in events such as our Colour One and our Santa One. Now, if you want a new start in 2023 and need employment, IT or skills support, Beacon can help. Our team can provide tailored support for people impacted by sight loss in South and East Staffordshire to help you make the most of a year ahead. Call 01902 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org to find out more. Now again, look into the year ahead. You are planning an event in 2023. Well, our sight loss advisors can give community group talks about life with a visual impairment and showcase our services at events around the region. If you're based in the Black Country or South Staffordshire and you'd like to find out more, 
call our team. I'll give you the number again. It's 01902-880-111. And lastly this week, we've got a couple more thank yous. Firstly, we would like to show our appreciation to the fabulous children of Springvale Primary School in Wolverhampton who sang at our Sedgley Centre before Christmas. Our members so enjoyed their visit and we'd like to say a big thank you to all the children involved for such a fabulous performance and with a new year getting underway we'd also like to say a heartfelt thank you to our friends at thomas dudley who have made a five thousand pound donation to support our work we are so incredibly grateful for their ongoing support of our charity which in 2023 will deliver advice support and guidance to enable people to live well with sight loss you can find out more about their donation on our website www.beaconvision.org Well, what a wonderful way to start the new year. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon. Bye-bye. Cheers for that update, Helen. Up now, we're our next block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear Christine. The UK will need more than 10 million tonnes of steel over the coming years to become more energy self-sufficient, according to new figures. The UK government set out plans to secure clean and affordable energy in its energy security strategy earlier this year. Achieving greater self-sufficiency has become vital after global events led to rocketing energy prices and significant government interventions in the energy market to cap prices. New research from Tata Steel, the country's largest steel producer, which has its steel park site in Wensfield, reveals more than 5 million tonnes of steel will be needed to build thousands of wind turbines at sea by 2030. Planned solar and nuclear power plants, which would power future Britain, are expected to require about 3.5 million tonnes over the coming years. An estimated 1.5 million tonnes of steel will be needed to build the infrastructure for hydrogen production and distribution, as well as large-scale carbon capture projects. And the metal will also be needed to unlock new sources of oil and gas from the North Sea. Gareth Stace, Director General of UK Steel, said, These numbers clearly demonstrate the huge opportunity the energy transition represents, not just to reduce emissions, but to boost the UK economy, UK manufacturing and the UK steel sector. The UK steel industry is in a prime position to supply the steel for this new UK energy infrastructure and doing so will help maximise the jobs and economic growth the energy transition can deliver for the UK. Today, our sector employs 33,700 people directly and supports a further 42,000 indirectly through its purchase of goods and services. Producing UK energy from UK steel is the green industrial revolution in practice, creating green jobs, economic growth and levelling up. Residents in Wolverhampton are being reminded to apply for their garden waste sticker for collections in 2023. The 2023 service for garden waste collections runs from February the 13th to December the 1st, depending on collection dates. But residents will need an updated sticker to apply to their bins in order to have the garden waste collected. Wolverhampton Council say on the website to allow 28 working days for the delivery of the garden waste sticker and any new customers signing up for the first time should also allow 28 working days for the delivery of the bin and sticker. If residents do not sign up this year, then their purple bins will not be emptied. The cost of the sticker for 2023 is £38 per bin, the same as last year. 
Those eligible for a concession will pay £19. If you decide to sign up partway through a year, the cost will still be £38 for the year. The concession rate is for households who receive the maximum council tax relief. Residents can pay for the garden waste service by credit or debit card or sign up by annual direct debit. Full information can be found on the Wolverhampton Council website, wolverhampton.gov.uk slash waste hyphen and hyphen recycling slash garden hyphen waste hyphen service. Ploggers have collected 360 kilograms of litter during a UK tour. An Indian environmentalist and a team of volunteers picked up 360 kilograms of rubbish during a 30-day, 30-city plogging tour of the UK. Vivek Gurav wanted to spread awareness of plogging, that's litter picking and jogging at the same time, and help others start their own plogging groups. The 26-year-old began plogging in his home city of Pune in 2018 and did not want to stop when he left his home for the first time in September 2021 to take up a University of Bristol scholarship. In December, he decided to take the show on the road, visiting 30 cities in 30 days. Along the way, more than 250 local volunteers joined him, helping to collect 360 kilograms of litter in cities including Wolverhampton. It was a great experience and it was really nice to have so many people come out and support, Mr Gurav said. It feels fantastic to have seen almost all the major cities in the UK in the shortest span while also doing something I love. I see many projects coming this year through the communities I was able to reach out to in this journey. I've already started seeing local litter picking groups boosted with volunteer engagement, seeing the wide coverage of my tour. It's really amazing. Over the past four years, his volunteers in India have collected more than 1,000 tonnes of litter. He's won an award from the then Prime Minister Boris Johnson and recently spoke at the COY17 conference, which is the youth version of COP27. The former app developer graduated from his Masters in November and he is now working for an environmental consultancy while continuing his plogging missions. He plans to use the skills he's learnt in the UK to help make India more sustainable. Residents across Wolverhampton are being warned to beware of thieves stealing fence panels following a spate of recent incidents. It is believed that the fully framed feather-edge panels, which need to be fitted by contractors, are being stolen to order with specific properties being targeted. Sally Green, who is the coordinator for Blakenhall Streetwatch Scheme, had five brand new fence panels taken from her home in Upper Villiers Street last week. The theft on Friday at 5.10am was captured on CCTV. She said, These aren't fence panels that you can buy from B&Q or Wix. They need to be fitted by a contractor, so I know we were definitely targeted. I've spoken to several contractors since, and they all said this type of crime is increasing, with these panels being stolen to order. Anyone who has got these needs to be aware. Councillor Paul Birch, who lives opposite on Goldthorn Hill, said, This type of low-level antisocial behaviour crime undermines all of our communities. Crime of this kind is happening more and more across the city and I am pleased to hear the Labour Police and Crime Commissioner, Simon Foster, says he is recruiting another 450 officers. 
In 2010, when Labour last held office in the UK, we had 172,000 officers compared to 150,000 by 2019. Since then, figures have increased to 164,000, but with officers retiring, the 43 police forces are having difficulty recruiting sufficient number of officers to the point where the police are forced to decide which crimes to investigate, he added. Mrs Green, who is also chair of the Goldthorn Hill Pumping Station Allotment Society, has been selected to stand as council candidate for Labour in Blakenhall at May's local elections when Councillor Paul Birch steps down. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Here we go. Question one. In what year did the first pantomime dame appear? Question two. What is Widow Twanky named after? Question three. In 1900, how long did the Beauty and the Beast panto last for? Question 4. What, according to superstition, is never spoken in panto rehearsals? Question 5. What did the Theatres Act of 1843 allow in pantos for the first time? And finally, question 6. What is the messy slapstick scenes in Panto's called? I will be back with you with the answers later. But for now, best of luck. Cheers for those questions, Mina. I'll get my mind working on those. Up now, however, it's another block of local news. Black country comedy legend Sir Lenny Henry and West Midlands Mayor Andy Street are among a chorus of voices who have spoken out about the Windrush anniversary. The 75th anniversary this year, on June the 22nd, is a diamond jubilee for modern, diverse Britain, campaigners have said. New polling for the Windrush 75 network finds that around 6 in 10 people in the West Midlands agree that Britain owes a great deal to the Windrush generation of migrants and should recognise their contribution as part of our national story. The arrival of the ship HMT Empire Windrush at Tilbury Docks in Essex in 1948, bringing 500 passengers from the Caribbean, is a moment that symbolises the start of post-war Commonwealth migration to Britain and the shift towards the multi-ethnic society of Britain today. The combination of a coronation and the 75th anniversaries of the NHS and the Windrush makes 2023 a special year for identity in Britain, according to British Future, a leading identity think tank. Dudley-born Sir Lenny Henry said it was an important year to mark. It's vital this year to celebrate the courage of those Windrush pioneers 75 years ago who gave up the life they knew to seek a better one here in Britain, he said. They paved the way for those of us who have followed. Big respect to those pioneers. We stand on their shoulders. Andy Street, Mayor of the West Midlands, said the milestone needed to be marked with the level of reflection and ceremony it deserves. He added, This historic moment ushered in a new era for the UK as a whole, and the West Midlands in particular, bringing newcomers to our shores who built their lives here and made a tremendous contribution to this country. Whether in arts and culture, sport, business or public service, the region I represent is a richer place today in all respects, thanks in no small part to the migration and diversity that Windrush brought about. 
It's only right that we mark this milestone with the level of reflection and ceremony it deserves. This year, special guest speaker Eva Clark will be speaking at the annual Dudley Holocaust Commemoration event in the Great Hall at Dudley College's Broadway campus on Friday, January the 20th. The event is an opportunity to pause and reflect, remembering the millions of people who suffered in the Holocaust under Nazi persecution, ensuring this and other atrocities are never forgotten, as well as bringing civic, community and faith leaders together alongside residents and students. This year, special guest speaker Eva Clark, BEM, will be talking about her personal experience of the Holocaust Chair of the Organising Committee, Councillor Kieran Casey, said we are extremely grateful to Eva Clark for agreeing to take part in this event. It's amazing that Holocaust survivors like Eva spend their time travelling up and down the country to teach people where hatred and prejudice can lead. Hundreds of local people usually come to these events, which really help bring people together and build a stronger community, allowing us to reflect and pledge ourselves to fight injustice and hatred wherever we may find it. Molly Amelia Hehir, President of Dudley College Students' Union, said, We are so pleased that once again we can collaborate and highlight the importance of this event to our student members. While the events of the Holocaust cannot be compared to the injustices of today, it is a reminder of the world we live in and we should never be silent upon seeing wrongdoing. The event helps us educate all of our community members and act as a commitment to sharing the legacy of this dark period in history. The event takes place on Friday, January the 20th between 12.45pm and 2.15pm and organisers are asking for anyone who is intending to attend to register so organisers are aware of how many people will be at the event. To book a place, go to eventbrite.com forward slash e forward slash Dudley hyphen Holocaust hyphen commemoration hyphen 2023 hyphen tickets hyphen 506462020537. Every year, all creatures great and small must be counted at Dudley Zoo and West Midlands Safari Park. Head of Wildlife at West Midlands Safari Park, Angela Potter, said, We have 118 species of animals with over 1,000 individuals. All this is the time of year that we carry out the annual count of them all, big and small. Most are counted as individuals such as our eight white rhinos, 48 black buck, our giraffe herd, which had the addition of two lovely calves born in 2022, Kingsley and Chris, and even our flock of lorikeets, whose numbers soared to 100, with 24 chicks hatching during the last year. Some of our invertebrate species, such as the leafcutter ants and the cockroaches, are counted as colonies, although keepers do a census count on these groups too. Our keepers count our animals on a daily basis anyway to ensure they are all healthy and well. But this annual audit, which takes place in January, is something that each zoo must undertake as part of our zoo licence requirements. At Dudley Zoo, it has been a busy week for the attraction zookeepers. They have to legally tot up every invertebrate, bird, mammal, reptile and amphibian living across the 40-acre Castle Hill site as part of its zoo licensing requirements. 
Once keepers have counted all animals on their section, the information will be collated and inputted into the Global Animal Online Database. Dudley Zoo and Castle Registrar Nicola Wright will then submit a full report to the local authority. We're currently tallying more than 2,000 individual animals on site, consisting of 247 species, of which 198 are listed on the IUCN Red List of threatened species, Nicola added. Christine now takes us back to May 1976 and a most dramatic event at West Midlands Safari Park, where a Hales Owen woman's dream to play with lions almost turned to tragedy. Be careful what you wish for, so they say. When Mrs Barbara Carter of Hales Owen won a local grant-a-wish competition, she said she wanted to play with lions. Her prize delivered in full and resulted in some of the most dramatic pictures ever published. The incident on Wednesday, May 5th, 1976, naturally made headlines, especially as photographer Frank Rogers had been invited along to West Midlands Safari Park at Beaudley to record Mrs Carter fulfilling her dream. Mrs Carter had won the experience in a -a grant-a-wish competition run by Howe's Owen Round Table, and before going into the lion's compound, joked, I work as a clerk and have made up the wages just in case anything goes wrong. Things seemed to be going fine when Chief Game Warden Bob Lawrence called Suki and Susie two 15-month-old lionesses he had hand-reared. Susie rubbed herself against Mrs Carter but then both lost interest and turned their attention to Mr Lawrence, rolling over playfully and rubbing their heads against his legs. Suki returned to Mrs Carter, stood on her hind legs and put her front paws on her shoulders and at first it looked as though she was going to lick her face but instead suddenly sank her teeth into Mrs Carter's neck. She collapsed with Suki on top of her and Mr Lawrence forced the lioness to release her. Other wardens with sticks pushed Suki away. A shaken Mrs Carter was left bleeding heavily and was taken by ambulance to Kidderminster General Hospital, where for a time she was unable to speak because of a throat wound. Mr Lawrence said later, I have never known anything like this happen. It must have been Mrs Carter's perfume that the lionesses didn't like. I never thought for one moment that there would be any trouble when she stepped out of the jeep. These lionesses have always been friendly. They have appeared on television playing with children. Safari Park manager Johnny Udall said, It seems we made a bad error of judgment. Nothing like this will be allowed to happen again. Visited in hospital by her husband Alan and Mr Lawrence, Mrs Carter said she was embarrassed by the whole incident and was worried in case the park staff were blamed. She had thought that when the lioness attacked that she was going to die and praised Mr Lawrence for saving her life. The safari park sent her a bouquet of flowers and gave her life membership. Mrs Carter made it clear that she would not be going anywhere near any big lions in future, but did have another wish. She wanted a lion cub to hold in hospital while she recovered from her wounds. We won't take one to hospital, but may be able to arrange something when she gets out, Mr Udall said. Mrs Carter did get to have another close encounter, this time without any drama, as not too long afterwards she visited a farm in Stratford-upon-Avon to meet two lion cubs kept there as pets. More local news later. But to follow on from last month's site loss tips, we have a new feature provided by the charity InfoSend. This bulletin of practical information to help living with site loss looks at radios and audio players on free loan, trouble-free truth brushing 
and cost of living help and advice. News and information about living with sight loss from InfoSound. Hello, a very happy new year and welcome to Info Shorts and the first bulletin of this brand new service from us here at the charity InfoSound. Each edition of Info Shorts features a helpful hint plus a few items of news and information designed to help daily living with sight loss. And in this edition, radios and audio players on free loan, trouble-free toothbrushing and cost of living help and advice. Please listen out for any contact phone numbers, email and web addresses that we mention so you can follow up what you've heard here by talking to those who can give you much fuller details should you want to know more. And we start with news that British Wireless for the Blind Fund, or BWBF for short, provides specially adapted audio devices on free lifetime loan for people living with sight loss in the UK who are facing financial hardship. The charity has also launched free-to-download audio apps for mobile and tablet users. As the current cost-of-living situation puts more people under strain, BWBF is encouraging blind and partially sighted people across the UK to claim a free, specially adapted audio device. BWBF's range of devices includes digital radios, players with CD and cassette functions, portable radios and a memory stick player. Now, to qualify for a free radio or audio device, people must be registered blind or partially sighted, live in the UK and be in receipt of a means-tested benefit. So, if you or someone you know might be interested in finding out more, you can contact Sophie Jones at BWBF at Sophie at blind.org.uk sophie at blind.org.uk or phone 01622 754 757 that's 01622 754 757 people can also browse BWBF's full range of devices and apply online at www blind.org.uk InfoSound Now on each edition of InfoShorts we feature a helpful hint a handy tip to help with the practicalities of living with sight loss Some you may know well, others perhaps not and providing us with today's tip is Anita Plant Rehabilitation Officer and Low Vision Advisor at the national charity The Partially Sighted Society And uh, Anita, what have you got to kick us off? Toothpaste, putting toothpaste on a toothbrush. A lot of people really struggle to do that because you've got white toothpaste and you've got a white toothbrush. So my tip for that one is to just put the toothpaste onto your finger and then pop the toothpaste into your mouth and then brush your teeth. Right, so it's toothpaste onto finger into mouth and then you introduce the toothbrush. Yes. Does this bring up the whole issue of colour contrast and and how that can really be a game changer if you get it right or indeed Ah. if it's not right for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, contrast is really, really important for most people living with low vision. We go back to the toothpaste. You've got a white toothpaste on a white toothbrush and usually you're standing over a sink, which is also white. So more often than not, the toothpaste ends up going all over the sink. So, you know, that's why we sort of use a sense of touch in this instance. But if we take the contrast a little bit further, you know, anything that you're struggling to see, if you think about how can I increase the contrast? So if, for example, we had black toothpaste, 
that would be a lot easier to see than the white toothpaste against the white toothbrush. And identifying the toothpaste in the first place, uh, a squeezy tube, not mm. the same way as they used to be squeezy. Now they tend to be more plastic and difficult mm. to tell when they're about to run out. But that's another issue altogether. <laughs> um, is. Rubber bands, good old rubber bands, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. A rubber band. Also sort of finding, you know, if you've taken the cap off the toothpaste as well and put that down, if that's a white cap on a white tiled surface, you know, that's going to be an issue. Have a look for toothpaste with nice bright coloured caps or, again, a little tiny little elastic band around the top of the toothpaste tube so you can locate it and pop it back on the toothpaste again. Terrific. Good oral hygiene and now promoted in an accessible way. Thank you very much, <laughs> Anita. Yeah. sound. And finally, this time, a timely reminder that RNIB offers free, practical and emotional support to help people with sight loss deal with financial pressures. RNIB points out that people with sight loss are entitled to financial support to help with the extra costs associated with their disability. And the charity can help people identify the financial help, tax allowances and concessions that someone could be entitled to, and they can give them the information and support they need to apply. RNIB can also provide handy tips on how to manage finances independently. For example, they can provide information about financial support in specific areas such as fuel poverty, and they can let people know about other organisations which can provide advice in other areas, and that could be something that particularly matters to you. You can download RNIB's Cost of Living Fact Sheet and try out their Benefits Calculator to find out exactly what you could be receiving. And you could also book a place on one of their free Living Well with Sight Loss Focus on Money Matters courses. For any further information or help, you can call RNIB's National Helpline on 0303-123-9999. That's 0303-123-9999. Or email helpline at rnib.org.uk. And that's it for this first Info Shorts Bulletin from InfoSound. We'll have more next time, so until then, thanks for listening. News and information about living with sight loss from InfoSound. TNF Soundings. Coming up next on this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have another block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear from Liz. West Midlands drone experts are being invited to help create a future when the NHS will use the flying machines. The West Midlands Academic Health Science Network want to accelerate the adoption of drones for healthcare applications. Drones will be able to improve response times and access to rural communities and offer quicker diagnosis and treatment thanks to direct deliveries of samples and medicines. Head of Delivery, Innovation and Commercial at the Science Network, Tammy Holmes, said, We urge all companies with existing experience working with drones or those that are interested to learn more about the possibilities within the healthcare sector for using drones and other autonomous flying machines to get in touch. We are at the cusp of a revolutionary period in the health and care industry and technologies such as these will not only revolutionise the way care is provided, but it will also aid our local economy by creating new business and job opportunities. 
Businesses taking part will be able to join events, workshops and seminars and engage in other insights, sharing activities to stay ahead of the latest trends and developments. Applications are currently open and will close later this month. For more information, visit www.meridian.wazuku.com forward slash challenge forward slash. A black country bus driver has become a singing sensation after creating a feel-good music video about his job on YouTube. Ranjit Singh, who's based at National Express West Midlands Depot, combined his love for driving and singing to create the new YouTube hit featuring many of his colleagues. The video, filmed in Punjabi, was published so that the 59-year-old could share with his family and friends in India what he does for work and how he works with many different brothers and sisters. Since its release, the video has been viewed thousands of times and met with many comments of praise across social media from fellow bus drivers and wider. Mr Singh said, I have a great passion for driving and singing, so I wanted to combine the two together. I thought there was no better way than a video to show my family back home what I do for a living. I have worked at National Express West Midlands for 13 years and take great pride in what I do. There's a real team spirit and I wanted to do something that celebrated the many different communities we have at our depot and how we all work together as one team. National Express was named as having the best UK employee wellness initiative at this year's British HR Awards. And Managing Director David Bradford said, Stories like that of Mr Singh and his musical buddies explain why. He said, Our staff really are our greatest assets. They all work incredibly hard to keep our customers moving and to see the enthusiasm that they have for their roles in the company is great. Thank you to Ranjit and the team for putting such a smile on everyone's faces. With bus fares reducing even further in January, I know there will be more customers on board to join in their enthusiasm for bus travel. Following the success of Last Panto Aladdin, Briley Hill Music Theatre is back with the pantomime of all pantomimes, Cinderella. The most popular pantomime of them all, Cinderella combines traditional panto antics with the grand romance of rags to riches Cinderella and handsome Prince Charming. Company chairman Chris Psaras said, Pantomime is the perfect tonic to beat those January blues and we are delighted to be bringing this classic fairy tale to Briley Hill in what will be our 41st year of performing successful pantomimes. Whilst the current outlook is a bit gloomy, we guarantee a great two and a half hours of fantastic entertainment for all ages. We've got a talented cast featuring black country radio DJ Steve Taylor and award-winning children's entertainer Christian Wharton. Evening performances take place on January the 14th, 19th, 20th and 21st, with matinee showings on January the 14th, 15th and 21st. Tickets are available online at bhillcivic.co.uk or from the box office on 01384-573-381. Dudley Public Health has created a one-minute exercise routine to improve local residents' fitness. The Wake Up Shake Up Challenge features five gentle dance movements aimed at building strength, balance and exercise. These can be completed sitting down or standing up. 
Councillor Ian Bevan, Cabinet Member for Public Health, said this simple dance routine has been designed to help more people to get physically active. Moving more can improve your balance, strengthen your bones and muscles and reduce the risk of falls. We are also launching free dance classes across the borough for people over 50 who might not feel comfortable going to the gym or playing a sport. No matter what your current level of activity, it's never too late to take the next step. Dudley Public Health has commissioned the Wake Up Shake Up routine and the free dance classes from ESOP, an arts enterprise with a social purpose, as part of its community falls prevention work. Starting this month, residents over the age of 50 can also enjoy free dance exercise classes to build up their strength and balance. No experience is necessary and each class will include time for a cup of tea and a chat. Sessions will run as follows. On Thursday, January the 12th, between 10.15am to 12.15pm at Wellington Road Community Centre, Dudley. This is a taster session. And between 1pm to 3pm at Oakfield Community Centre, Briley Hill. For further information, email dudley at dancetohealth.org or telephone Jodie Stuss on 07470-799540. If you are not able to attend any of these events, then don't worry, as later in this edition of the Black Country Talking News, we also welcome back the 10 Today Gentle Exercise Routine to help us all get moving. Up now, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Well, hello again, everyone, and have a happy new year. Let's hope that it'll be kind to us whatever we wish for ourselves, eh? Well, to kick off 2023, I've been looking at a great British tradition, our pantomimes. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Now then, did you know that? The first pantomime dame, as we would recognise it in the UK, goes all the way back to succinctly named Harlequin and the Mother Goose, or the Golden Egg, performed at the Theatre Royal in Covent Garden on December 29, 1806. Mother Goose then was played by a Mr Simmons, and in this performance he was seen as a wicked old witch. Widow Twanky, famous for being the dame in Aladdin, which started in 1861 at the Strand Theatre, is named after Twanky's tea. It was a cheap Chinese green tea that no real tea drinker would ever choose to drink. Of course, the dame herself is played by a man. So, of course, there is a parallel between Widow Twanky not being the kind of person any of the audience would like to give a house room to. (coughs) Pantomimes nowadays tend to last around the two-hour mark and thankfully don't run on much longer than two and a half hours. However, some of the old pantomimes became infamous for how long they could go on for. It is said that the Drury Lane Theatre's production of Sleeping Beauty and the Beast in 1900 went on for five hours and had dozens and dozens of performers. There are a few superstitions associated with pantomime, so next time you go to one, look out for the fairy godmother or whichever is the goody, and that character always enters stage right, and the baddie and the dame will come on from the left, the right representing good and the left evil. Also, the closing lines in the finale, usually in verse, are never spoken in rehearsals. While for many people, their favourite part of watching Panto is the hilarious gags and cheeky innuendos. Early pantomimes, however, were silent. 
Performances would typically consist of miming and dancing. Spoken performances were only permitted in three London theatres until Parliament's Theatres Act lifted restrictions in 1843 and allowed spoken performances. The messy scene in Panto has a special name. This hilarious scene that involves some form of sticky substance, liquid or even a custard pie covering one or more of the leading characters is known as the slosh scene. Seeing their favourite characters covered in a sticky mess is a well-loved tradition and a great bit of pantomime slapstick. Well, there you are. I hope that you found it entertaining as and interesting as I did. In your road up, I'm off. I've boxed up my Christmas decorations, so I'll stick them back in the loft for another year, when I'm sure the gremlins will have great fun in tangling up the wires for my lights next year. Ooh, I think there might be a mince pie left as well to have with me cuppa. So till next week then, ta-ra a bit, ta-ra! Up now, we have to hit what the webfast in store for us. Brought to us as always, by Mina. weather for this week ahead will be unsettled with light rain, cloudy intervals and a moderate breeze with temperatures forecast to be 8 degrees for most of the week which is around average for this time of year. UV levels are expected to be low. The sunrise and sunset times are 8.10am for the sunrise and 16.30pm for the sunset. For Friday 13th of January, the forecast is looking mainly dry, with light rain possible in places and moderate breeze with temperatures around 9 degrees. Moving on to the weekend, and it's looking like it could be a dry one, with rain set to hit the region early on Monday. Temperatures will still be hovering around average at 8 degrees. On to next week and it will continue to be unsettled, but the first half of the week is looking rather wet. The showers will be persistent and are forecast to run right through until late on Tuesday. With a gentle breeze, temperatures will do well to remain around 8 degrees. However, it's looking like the rest of the week shall be dry, with light clouds setting in on Wednesday and Thursday 19th of January, with temperatures dropping a touch to 6 degrees. So, that's your forecast for this week. As always, enjoy the weather! Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Up now, it's time to find out how our local football teams have been getting on. It has been an extremely hard-hitting few weeks within the world of football, with the loss of generational talents such as England's 1966 World Cup winning hero George Cohen and former Chelsea and Italian superstar Gianluca Vialli. We've also mourned the sad passing of a timeless football icon, the King of Kings, the founder of Jogo Bonito, the beautiful game as we have come to know it, Edson Arantes do Nascimento, known mononymously as Pelé. In honour, we look back to 2016 and a day to remember when Brazilian football legend Pelé came to the region to recall his own famous stories for a sellout audience. Bar owner Scott Murray recalls it as one of the best shows ever. 
The legendary striker, who died at the age of 82 following a battle with colon cancer, came to Bar Sports Premier Suite in September 2016 to talk about his career, sign autographs and pose for photographs. Around 300 guests enjoyed Sunday lunch with the football icon, who is the only player in history to win three World Cups, having made his debut aged just 16. Recalling the event, Bar Sport owner Scott Murray said the venue has welcomed many sporting legends over the years, but the Pele had given one of the best shows ever. It was a full house, a Sunday lunchtime, and we had 300 people in, Scott said. He spoke about the World Cup, about the old England legends, and about modern-day football. Birmingham radio presenter Paul Burrell interviewed Pele after dinner, and there was also a question-and-answer session with guests. Scott said he was really humble and just a nice guy. He signed autographs and took photographs with everyone. He was so softly spoken with fans, he would softly clasp their hands with both his hands and thank them for coming. He was a really good man and a true gentleman, one of the nicest sporting celebrities I've had the pleasure of working with. We've hosted hundreds of events with the world's greatest sports stars over the past 25 years, but Pelé was one of the best ever. Without question, he is the greatest footballer of all time. A message from Pelé's official Twitter account read, Inspiration and love marked the journey of King Pelé, who peacefully passed away. Love, love and love forever. He died at the Albert Einstein Hospital in Sao Paulo. Scott added, It was very sad. Everyone knew he was ill. It was nice to bring him to Canuck when we could. Pelé, who is Brazil's joint all-time top scorer with 77 goals in 92 matches, became an icon of the game after winning the World Cup in 1958 as a 17-year-old, netting twice in the final to defeat hosts Sweden. He also went on to win the 1962 and 1970 World Cups with Brazil. In a poignant tribute, the director of the Pelé documentary epitomised the heartfelt grief of a nation of mourners across the globe with the words, Pelé was so groundbreaking in his field, incomparable, no one could walk in his footsteps because he did it first. The magic of the FA Cup, pretty much etched into national and global folklore, lived up to its name last weekend for both our local clubs in contrasting circumstances. First in the day, the Baggies travelled to National League outfit Chesterfield and played their get-out-of-jail card in a six-goal thriller. Brandon Thomas Asante was the last gasp hero to spare Albion's FA Cup blushes with a dramatic stoppage time equaliser at National League Chesterfield. It was almost another unwanted chapter of non-league cup embarrassment in the Baggies' proud history. But striker Thomas Asante nodded into the top corner for his second to make it 3-3 and book a replay at the Hawthorns, with a trip to either Bristol City or Swansea awaiting in round four. Carlos Corberan's in-form championship troops failed to transfer their flying league form into a crazy third round tie at the Technique Stadium, where a wild first half brought five goals and a 3-2 lead to the hosts, buoyed by a sellout crowd. The Spyrites were just minutes from a marquee result, one of the best FA Cup successes in their history against Albion, 66 places higher in the pyramid, before Thomas Asante beat the offside trap to head in from Taylor Gardner Hickman's lofted pass. The Spaniard head coach changed his winning side entirely and it looked like the decision would become a cropper for the five-time winners despite Thomas Asante lashing in an opener on 90 seconds. Albion were pegged back but Carlan Grant re-established the lead only for Chesterfield star Armando Dobra to fire a quick-fire double before the interval in a watchable and entertaining first period albeit one that highlighted several issues in an unfamiliar baggies group.
The second period was a much calmer affair. Corberan had used four of his changes by the hour mark, but it did little to inspire Albion late on. Daryl Dyke was required and saw few openings, but it looked like a third straight third round exit for the baggies until Thomas Asante stepped forward directly in front of the away end to send the sold-out travelling contingent into raptures. You'd have been forgiven for thinking that that was the end of the day's drama. But what followed late on Saturday evening left Wolves fans feeling robbed as Liverpool scraped to a controversial 2-2 FA Cup draw at Anfield. A very astute tactical display in the first half saw Gonzalo Guedes pounce on an error by goalkeeper Alisson to fire Wolves ahead after 26 minutes. Wolves deserved to keep that lead until half-time, but fell asleep at the back just before the break, allowing Darwin Nunes to equalise. Mo Salah, who despite being in an offside position, latched onto a through ball that deflected off Totti Gomez and gave the hosts the lead after the restart. Liverpool looked set to take control of the fixture until substitute Huang and Mateus Cunha combined well to drag Wolves level just three minutes after coming on. With the game locked at 2-2, Totti Gomez flicked home a third, which looked set to give Wolves a famous victory. To Wolves' fury, the linesman flagged it as offside, and a VAR check did not overturn it, adjudging that the impressive Mateus Nunes was offside when his corner was headed back to him. Since the incident, no camera angles have been provided to prove Nunes was offside, after the game Lopetegui and Ruben Neves even took evidence into the officials' room and spoke to the officials. Lopetegui said, He tried to explain it to me, but it was very clear. More or less, I showed him that we think the goal was valid. Today we are unlucky with the decision and unlucky because we had a lot of chances to win this match. I am a little disappointed. In one way, I am proud of the players. They deserved more today. With neither side breaking the deadlock in the closing minutes, a third round replay will now take place at Molyneux, with Brighton awaiting the victors in round four. Now to honour the birth of Braille's inventor, Louis Braille, we celebrate World Braille Day, with an article recognising how Braille continues to thrive nearly 200 years after its invention. TNF Soundings Features from across the UK This is Alastair Hutton with an article about learning to love Braille. How often do you use a 200-year-old invention in your daily life? You may be surprised to hear that 30,000 visually impaired people in the UK do just that to help them communicate. So do thousands of people all over the world. They use Louis Braille's revolutionary tactile writing system, which he launched in 1824 when he was just 15 years old. Amazingly, he started developing it when he was aged 11. His ingenious system revolutionised communication for people with visual impairments, enabling them to read independently for the first time. Today, Braille is still attracting new users and holding its own in the modern digital age. In fact, Braille fulfills many uses that other technology can't. James Bowden, a Braille expert at the Royal National Institute of Blind People, RNIB, who's also a Braille user, said screen readers, which convert text into synthesised speech, can allow someone to digest a long document at speed, but this doesn't always provide precision. 
Reading the same document in Braille would enable you to spot spelling inconsistencies and go back over any complex passages or sections to memorize or critique them. Working to make assistive technology easier for blind and partially sighted people, the RNIB has launched Hable One, a pocket-sized Braille keyboard device that can connect to any iOS or Android smartphone or tablet through Bluetooth. It uses a selection of Braille key combinations to help users navigate their mobile or tablet. Health charity Sightsavers reports that many Braille users extol the benefits of the tactile communication, saying it's far quicker for everyday uses such as labelling CDs and DVDs, identifying food packaging or organising paperwork. There are also hundreds of books and magazines produced in Braille, including novels, puzzle books, music magazines and chess guides. There's even a Braille version of Playboy magazine, provided through the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped in America. The importance of Braille for visually impaired people is spreading. Cleaning products such as bleach have for years featured warnings in Braille, yet many organisations have now taken this further. Some supermarkets have started including Braille on their own brand packaging, and many restaurant chains offer Braille menus. It's a far cry from the world young Louis Braille experienced in the early 19th century when there was little support available for people with disabilities and no reliable way for blind people to read and write independently. Today, Braille is used in countries all over the world and is attractive to users for different reasons. According to Juvenito Jimenez Martinez, a blind teacher in Mexico, the sound of Braille is the same as the pop that popcorn makes. He fell in love with that sound, the sound of the dots being punched on the page. Now, he's an enthusiastic teacher of this system and an activist for indigenous rights and people with disabilities. And he wants everyone to fall in love with the sound of Braille. Have you done any good at the quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question one. In what year did the first pantomime dame appear? And the answer, 1806. Question two. What is Widow Twanky named after? And the answer here is Twanky's Tea. Question three. In 1900, how long did the Beauty and the Beast panto last for? And the answer here is five hours. Question four. What, according to superstition, is never spoken in panto rehearsals? And the answer here is the final lines. Question five. What did the Theatre's Act of 1843 allow in pantos for the first time? And the answer here is spoken performances. And finally, question six. What is the messy slapstick scene in pantos called? And it's called the slosh scene. So, how did you get on? Did you get them all right? If not, Don't worry, you can always have another go next week. 
Bye for now. So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV46AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us. Stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. ta